Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Keith. I write the comic Kadoja, in addition to reviewing horror books and horror comics on my blog, KeithRFoster.com. And I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders Milisanda from The Accidental Aliens. All right, brother, here we are. We're sipping on, we're sipping on some beers, some, some, you got your, your, Ube IPA finally. Yes, I'm and, very excited. And I've got my uh, my Citra here. So, uh, so what did you do last week, man? Yeah. Uh, well, so for one, I'm very happy with this beer. Thank you for bringing it down to me. Um, I, there was a Calamansi beer that I also got, so um, mm. I'm excited to try that out at some point. I'll probably try it out tonight. Um, I think I'm cool with this for now. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I will say the Harlan one, it's... It's a little bit better. It's a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, milkshake is definitely the key. Yes. Yeah. 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 But this is very enjoyable. That's I, smooth I, as far as IPAs go. It just might not be as smooth as far as like milkshake IPA. My, my yeah. wife, my wife Rachel, did want some credit. She she said when I was talking to her this. Oh, morning, for sure. Like, make make sure that that Scott is aware. Oh, I'm a hundred percent aware because you're like, <laughs> dude. Okay, she's giving me this for Valentine's Day. Check this shit out. And I yeah. was like, right on, fucking exactly, Rachel, man. Exactly. Yeah, she yeah she Pro- crushed it. Props to Rachel. Yeah, shout out Rachel. You're never gonna listen to this, but uh, exactly. appreciate she never it. Will. I'll I'll tell her. Like, listen yeah. to this one podcast already. Yeah, the yeah. First like the, four minutes, just for the first four yeah. minutes, right? Uh, yeah. So I'm enjoying this, man. So yeah, thank you so much for bringing this down. Um, as far as what I did this week, so this is gonna be a, a little bit abbreviated from our normal because it's usually a full week. Uh, between from when we talk to each other about our weekly projects. So this is actually, uh, we usually record on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is three days from the last time we talked. Uh, So since then, uh, I've completed the flats on that one page of Second Shift Issue 10. Um, So that's moving along nicely. I I had a rush job I had to do with one of my clients, uh, the Pro Wrestling Loot. They needed something in time. Um, they're going to send a couple of figures out, so they needed one more. So I had to do a rush job and finish that. Um, so so I was able to complete that while uh, uh, you know jumping in between the second shift books. So it, it's been a productive three days yeah. since the last well, time I talked to you. And that's a hard thing too. Like I, I'm I'm imagining that you know having a day job like you do, like I do. Um, if you catch me at the beginning of the weekend, it's going to be a lot different story at the end of the weekend because yeah. it's the weekend, you know? So, um, yeah. so yeah, man, I, I get it. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the episodes, a lot of the stuff that I bring up, it's stuff that I have done from uh, Sunday through Tuesday, yeah. even Wednesday, even the day of recording. Yeah. Um, I'm finishing up projects, adding stuff to the calendar, so I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so those are basically the two things that I got done. The good news is I only have one other pending uh, commission I have to do, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to shoot over some drafts from him. It sucks because when we got off the episode last week, you know, I was thinking, hey, I got this wide open calendar to just focus on my books. I got an email the next morning from one of my longtime uh, clients saying, hey, just wondering if you had time to work on this project. And uh, you wished it into existence in reverse. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look at all this time I have. Well, to pay for all all of these uh, comics that I'm buying, the graphic novels, <laughs> the ice cream man run. Yeah. So everything that I do um, to dig myself into a hole, thankfully, my clients are belling me out of it. So I'm like breaking even, and at the end of the day, I have the comics, but I don't have 
an extra dollar to my name. So no, I hear you, man. I mean, yeah. I, I said in, in book off I, that I admire the ability for me to generate yeah. money out of nowhere exactly. just by drawing something. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's not, that's not how writing is, you know? Like, yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting cause I was, I was, um, I was just screwing around on Facebook this morning and there was a post in the indie comics, one of these indie comics forums I'm in where a writer was talking about kind of the, the lament of writers, which is, you know, the, uh, Ooh, the beer is, the beer is good. Cause I'm like immediately getting forgetful. <laughs> right. But, uh, but he was talking about, is there real collaboration anymore? You know, can you meet somebody and can you collaborate? And, um, and it was interesting because, uh, you know, you, you know, the second you see a post like that, it's going to have like 70 comments. Right? Yeah. And sure enough, there were, and most of them are artists. And um, if you look at what the writer said, the writers, you know, one or two kind of shared the, the lament. Many of the writers then kind of said what the kind of thing that I would say. Which well, is, okay, so what was, before you hop into yours, so what was the lament exactly? Like? Um, can people just collaborate without it being a money thing? Can it just be... We jump in together. We collaborate something, oh, and we okay. share the profits. I, I thought think that's the gist. Oh, okay, okay. That's the gist. Of it. I was uh, what I was taking away was like, you know, well, I'm giving them the script. I'm telling them exactly what to do, and then they're drawing it. So that's not that's not exactly a collaboration. No, no, that's what, not. What, that's work for hire. Yeah. yeah. So what me and Ed do, that's like a true collaboration. That is collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like I mentioned with um, with Rory, where it moved to a collaboration. Yeah. Um, you know, even. And, and I, I think the, you know, when it, when it comes to the artists that I've had, Rory was collaboration. Mm. Um, Alberto and, and Francesca were more work for hire. You okay. Know what I mean? Like what, what I, what I wanted was what I got. Yeah. But sometimes I like that exchange where like, well, what if you gave me something I wasn't thinking of? You know what I mean? Right. And that's why it's, 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 um, again, and it's fine. It just puts more onus on me to think through everything which I'm a control freak and that can work for me. Mm. But I also think that the synergy is gone, you know, and, yeah. and, and with Will, um, it, the synergy is there and it's great. You know, again, he's had a couple pointers and insights and, and we just went back and forth on what is, what is effectively the end of Kadoja volume three. Okay. And he had a great little idea um, at, at the end of it. Where I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that idea. A lot. Yeah, right. I can't really say it because um, right, you don't want to. It's a reveal, you right, know? And, right? And I don't want to. I don't want to reveal anything. But um, but it was interesting. And then the artists, of course, I agree with what they were saying. I think in general, I think they in a, in a way, I think they carried it too far. But I totally get the point. Where it's the the part that I agree with is the part where they say that look at the amount of time I in, I am investing into drawing. Drawing takes time. You know, yeah. Um, and, and for to expect that I'm not going to be cons- compensated for my time is unfair. Okay. Now I am saying it way better than they said it because what, what they would, they came off kind of rude. In okay. Some of them. And in some of them, unfortunately they also coupled it with, well, writing doesn't take that long, but art's what's really take art. Art is what really takes the time. So it's not a fair thing. So we should get paid for our work. And, and I don't agree with that because, like we've talked about before, sitting down and writing the thing takes time, but thinking of something that makes sense balances out the time, you know? like Oh, I like, thought it was the other way. Like, I thought you had said that the whole process before you actually sit down and write, it's you getting 
pulling all these ideas from different places, finding inspiration and this and that. And then when you finally sit down and write, that part is relatively quick because you've yes. already done a lot of the hard work mentally. You've already yeah. uh, taken the time in doing that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like, like uh, listening to you and Gary the other week talk about writing was fascinating because I, I don't have any experience with that. So a, a lot of time, and then when I do any writing, I use Marvel method. Mm -hmm. I draw it first, and then later I figure out what they're saying. I, I kind of know what they're saying when yeah. I'm drawing it. I have a general idea as to the language that's going on on the page, mm -hmm. but I don't have it written down. So your guys' process is different than mine as an artist, you know, doing a story. So yeah. it's fascinating. It's just, um, and I can imagine it could come off rude. And I don't disagree with what they're saying, It's but it's it's how you say things. You know, you got to have some tact. That's yeah. that's the problem. A lot of people don't have tact these days. Yeah. Well, um, I think it comes off rude because there's a it either it either comes off rude or it is rude based out of misconception. And the yeah. misconception is if you sit down and put pen, you're measuring me on pen to paper. Yeah. You're not measuring me on formative time to to have a cohesive story pre pen to paper. Yeah. Because if you sit down and put pen to paper, it's probably going to be a fucking mess. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean. Maybe maybe you'll hit. Maybe you're an improvisational genius. That's a that's a big that's a big wall. That's yeah. a big wall to climb up. You know? Yeah, it's like if the you, new wall on American Ninja Warrior. Right, like not the old wall. Right, it's not right, like right. the eight foot high. It's like the fifteen foot high. <laughs> you know where where I don't know how the fuck yeah. these people even get up anything. Yeah, like when it comes to like the financial aspect, like I get it. Um, and then me and Ed, we we do a, um, it's the reverse, right? So like I think what this writer's post was a writer coming up with an idea and wanting an artist to draw it. That's where the, Hey, is there a true collaboration mm -hmm. financially? Yeah. So that's, that's, was that in the post was the financial aspect or was that just something that was brought up be, like from the artists? So I, I think financial was in the post, Okay. but I also think that, that the person who originally stated it may have been a bit, um, Oh, what's the word? I think misleading, right? Mm. Because do you, do you feel like it was kind of like him fishing for like artists that's willing to work for free? Yeah, type or thing? him or him lamenting why he can't find someone to work for free. You know, like yeah. That so that's of, no good. Yeah, that's a no good post well, that, because it's just like oh, you just want someone to write your draw your shit for free because yeah. this is the most expensive aspect of creating comics. He wants someone to collaborate. You know, and and I get that, but I also think that like. I don't know, man. I'm just a big fan of like, look, the rules are the rules, right? And the yeah. rules in, in making comics are if you're a writer and you have an idea you believe in, even if you're willing to relinquish some creative control over it, yeah, you probably need to pay. Yeah. Like that's the way it works. Some kind you know? of compensation. Exactly. 25 25% of their fee, 50%, you know, it's like like, okay, we're gonna collaborate, we're gonna own this 50-50. I'll pay you 25% of your normal rate. So you're making something, yeah. but then the rest is back end. Exactly. You know, exactly. there's gotta and, be something. And there. that, and that's, you know, that's interesting too. Cause what I never hear is those hybrid arrangements. Mm. I never hear of a hybrid arrangement. And maybe that's because of the fact that both sides kind of lob rocks at each other, you know? Yeah. So you don't find a lot of common ground, you know, right. like, like writers sort of want the artists to work for free and artists want the work to be fully for hire and paid for so they can, they right. can sign off on it. But I think, I think both sides are a little disingenuous, right? Like the writers are disingenuous because they say they want a collaboration, but do they really mean it? Yeah. You know what I mean, if this person comes and tells you some shit about your story, are you going to listen? Yeah. You know, are you really going to take it to heart? 
And I think the artists are a little bit disingenuous too, because, and maybe I'm wrong, but let's just say that like you do work for hire and, and you draw it and it becomes a hit. Yeah. Well, guess what your original art looks like now? It looks pretty good. Right. Right. So like that's going to become part of your portfolio. You're going to brag about it, even though it was work for hire. So in a weird way, it's kind of like, well, if you work for hire, then, you know, yeah. be quiet, stay quiet. Yeah. So but I then think, I think the, both sides don't think out all the angles. Yes. They just think out the most common angle. Right. And then the other side of it is, what if this sits on this guy's shelf in his mom's basement and it does nothing? It's just like, okay, you know, and you can still show, like, if you're pleased with your own work, it's obviously you could put it in your portfolio and show it off to try to get a job or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit different for me and Ed because it's the other side of it. It's like... They're they're my characters and Ed wrote them, mm-hmm. so it, it. But like, and we have a true collaborative collaborative process, um, and he he gets paid on a, like Kickstarter backends. So it's just like he knows I can't afford to pay him up front for the script. It's like, like yeah. you know, me and him bounce back and forth between ideas. Hey, this was my idea. What do you think? He and then he'll take off. He'll give me a first draft. And we'll bounce back and forth through the first draft. We'll tweak it, make it what it is, yep. and and it's great. I love it. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better partner. Um, so, but yeah, I could see it on the other side, and I think and you're dope as hell. Yes. Why? Why you still? Does he still follow the New York Knicks or no? Yes. Yeah, he loves the Knicks. That's the, what are they? Oh, eight, eight wins. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, sorry. He doesn't love them. He still follows them. I give him shit. I'm like, hey, your Knicks are, you know, whatever. Um, no, they're they're not just trash. They've like been trash since 1999. Yeah. No, they're yeah, they're pretty brutal. Okay. So we love it. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hugely Yankees fan. They're the eight seed right now. So hey. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Eastern yeah, yeah. Conference. Hey, uh, they got they got a our old player uh, Julius Randle. Ed, so you're you're cool. <laughs> Who's dropping twenty eight a night because there are yeah, no other options. There's well, he he was pretty good with us. It was just. Um, he, we had too many forwards. We had like ten forwards. Oh, he had Kobe Bryant hoisting 35, 35 shots a night. He could shoot whatever the fuck he wanted, yeah, man. You, you, yeah, you, you're, no, but no, you're, you're a top ten all time. Seriously, when we signed time. LeBron, yeah, we had like five forwards. Yeah, so he had to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. so oh, it yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll get off basketball talk. Sorry, sorry, everyone in yeah. the comics world. Exactly. I know, you, I know you don't. We should have reminded you to fast forward about a minute and a half there. Yeah, I know yeah. you got. You guys don't care about that. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit this and just put it at the end. Nah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um. But yeah, so you're, you're yeah. talking about you and Ed's collaboration, but I mean, I think it goes back to the misconception, right? Which is most writers, when they think of this agreement, think, they think like, I've got the new saga on my hands. Right. You know, like my shit's going to be like a stone smash. And the artists come from it as, this is going to be a goddamn dud. I'm yeah. going to get my money now and I'm going to get the hell out of here. Yeah. You know, and if somebody else wants to pay me, and I totally get, I do get both sides. Yeah. It's just, you know, okay, common so... ground isn't, isn't found enough. Yeah, so the issue, I, and I, and without even reading any of this post, what I can tell you is the artist's issue is they're more than likely only able to draw one thing at a time. They're only able to draw one book. So once you hand over that script that took you however long it took you, like some people are quicker than the others. Some people don't have as in-depth of a uh, preparation as you do on your scripts, you know, having it bounce back and forth through a brain trust, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some people are just like, yeah, this is fucking the new saga here's my artist hey you take this shit i'm gonna go work on the new walking dead and this and that so that's a hit i know i'm awesome exactly so that's what the artists see they're like 
hey man, I'm probably going to be stuck drawing this book for two months, yeah. like one issue, you know, because they're probably in their indie artists probably have day jobs as well. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to be drawing this for two months while you're writing two to three other scripts exactly. to try to find other artists to do the exact same thing you did with me. Exactly. So that's their point of view. Exactly. So um, it goes, it goes back to my boy, um, Albert Nguyen, right? Who's, who's the artist who's doing some stuff on animals. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a line, I think I've mentioned to you before, but not on the podcast where when people say like, well, I can't pay you, but it'll be great exposure, right? Yeah. Which is a famous thing. And his, yeah, his yeah. line is, artists die of exposure. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, man. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's why I got to credit him every time. Good job, say, Albert. Yeah. Very um, nice. Shouts, shouts. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I get it. I get yeah. It, you know, so um, anyway. Yeah, so, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, my whole week. I think, I think our episodes are evolving. Um between more than just like what you did and I did. It's just like a lot of, a lot of just conversational stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of meta. We're having the conversation right now. About yeah. How it's conversational. Yeah. This is what happens when you throw back. That's a beer what I'm two. saying. Like I'm on beer. Uh, I'm on beer three. <laughs> I know. I'm somehow, I've somehow drank almost all of this beer. And, and every beer that I've had has been at least 6%. Yeah. So like if we're talking Bud Light, um, I've had a, a six pack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling nice. Strong. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All that to say. Yeah. What did you do this week? What did I do? Um, I mean, it was it was final. So, I, a couple things, right? It, it's really more of a continuation of what happened before. But I think Kickstarter, again, as I record this, it has not launched. It is live by the time you listen to it. Please check it out, Kadoja Volume 3. But, um, but what I'm doing right now is finishing the preparation. So, I got the art, which I showed you before we recorded. The final art of Lance's gallery edition cover, which I'm just super excited about and super psyched to share, um, went back and fixed a few tiers. Um, I did record my video segments for the video, and now I have to go back and edit those and put some nice graphic overlays and stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a part at the beginning where I talk about stuff and I'm on camera, and then a part in the middle where I kind of show some of the tiers and things like that, and then bring it up at the end. Clocking in around two and a half minutes, which I think is a, a great length. You yeah, know, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty in solid. line with some of your with some of your lengths before, which I know you said a minute, but a man, a minute is so. A fast. minute's tough. Yeah, yeah it's so tough. fast to get in and get out. I think uh, on this current Kickstarter, I think mine is, it might be a minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it was just me talking. You know, I didn't even use any graphic element. I might, I don't know if I have the process or the ability to go back and tweak the video, mm -hmm. which I might do. I think you know, for you out there. If you're going to do a Kickstarter, it's very important to put art inside of your video. Like my current video, it's just me talking because I didn't want to pull anyone else into the process that I didn't need to. Um, I'm pretty much doing this whole thing myself. Um, so I created the video, I edited it, um, and uh, you know, put the Kickstarter together. So, but yeah, visual elements inside of your video helps a lot. Um, I have a lot of visual elements inside the Kickstarter itself. So like. When you go to read it, there's a lot of lot of pages, you mm -hmm. know, and all that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah very graphics important. for every tier, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I used yours as a basis for mine, but um, but yeah. So that that's it on the on the Kickstarter side, I think. And then the other thing is, I think I mentioned before, um, I got some final dates on um, when I'm going to have Zoom calls about critiques on the third draft of my novel, and uh, and the first of those is going to happen two days from when when we record. AKA in the past from when the time this airs mm -hmm. and I am ready to get back into this novel. 
So, um, so what I'm doing is I have the one Zoom call on Monday and I'll probably have the next one next, about a week from now. And, um, and then after that, I'm probably going to be ready to get back into this. So as a result, I am doing everything I can to just get animals completely written, at least in, in a good form, right? I'm not, I'm doing kind of like hybrid Marvel method, to use your term. Um, I'm writing the script to what I think the book looks like, but I will tweak the script once I get everything finished back, right? Because not only am I writing the script to the art, but I'm also going to do a lot of the base backgrounds. And I mean, I'm doing all the base backgrounds from this point on. Yeah. So, um, so then at that point, I think if, you know, ideally about a week from now, if, if once I'm done and I'm ready to get back into my book, I'll definitely have a completed animal script and I will hopefully have, um, at least an inroad into the art. So I've been, I've been thinking about the art and thinking about what I can do for that and for the backgrounds and stuff like that. So hopefully this next week, I'm going to really, really push it, get the backgrounds up, treat them, and then ideally just throw that over the fence and wait for Albert to, to do his thing and start drawing the stuff over it. And then at some point that'll lead to animals being done. Right and, on. Uh, and then I'll, you know, again, I just, I can't have this many basketballs spinning while I'm getting back to the novel. I mean, the novel's super important to me and I'm excited about it and I want that to, it's going to be my primary focus. Yeah. The second I start that, it's my primary focus, right? And I mean, I'll, I'll co-primary focus with that in the Kickstarter once it's live. Yeah. But uh, that's what it's going to be and then it's just going to be novel here on out because again, my goal is to completely finish this novel by Halloween and then start searching for agents and see what happens. That's how I feel when I'm, when I'm doing a second shift interiors or interiors in general, like I really hate splitting the time. I hate going back to doing commissions or, or regular, um, you know, just freelance work. That's that's always on my plate. I hate stopping to do it. And uh, t so like that last piece I did for uh, um, one of my clients, it was like, ah, you're taking me out of the flow. And mm -hmm. I had, I had, when I had finished that page, I was like, yeah, okay, I know the exact next page that I want to work on. I was like, okay, I see all the things that I wanted to do, and and this is this is uh, to do with the Slack method as well. It was like, oh, you wait for like those days where you don't feel like working on the backgrounds. This was one of those those uh, you know like moments, and I was like, I know exactly what I do. I know I know how I'm going to fix this background. I know how to do that. I know what I was missing before, and and um, so you just get those those moments of inspiration that just you want to propel forward. And then you got all of these things wanting to slow you down. And so it's good that you're just like, okay, no, we need to get this stuff out of the way because all of my focus is going to this novel. Yeah, man. I, and I hear you because, you know, the, the flow, the flow is real. Yeah. And, and when it came to animals, I mean, I'm sitting there, you know, I have a loose idea, but I really want to try to get the script closer to what I think the final thing is. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, I'm, you know, you're putting, it, it, it takes, it does take a little bit of effort and a little bit of warm up to get your brain into that page. And like, what is happening in this moment? What are these people saying in this moment? You know, um, it, it's, it's so much different from a, from a 500 foot view as opposed to the view, you know, down there, granular thinking scene by scene, panel by panel, what's going to happen. Yeah. And so uh, to get out of that flow, man, you know, you're immediately pulling back to 500 feet to 10,000 feet to whatever it's going to be. And then you got to take some time to dial back in there and warm your brain up and kind of get back into it again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully again, hopefully I can at least push through a nice granular thing of animals and be done with that. 
and then I'll just have to figure out how to write my novel and give that the you know minimum hour of time it, it gets every day while also working on art stuff with animals. But at least those are working different parts of my brain. Right. You know, working on art backgrounds is not the same as thinking through like a scene and character and things like that. So mm-hmm. at least if I can get through all of the writing components of animals, yeah. I'll feel much better. And then I can, I can try my own version of, you know, artist Gary and writer Gary, right? I yeah. can try, I can try artist Keith and writer Keith and both of them will be separately engaged. So I think, I think that can work. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good. Plus artist Keith is an idiot. So <laughs> I need to, yeah. you know, it's not even fair. Like writer Keith knows what he's doing and artist Keith just has no goddamn clue. Yeah. So, uh, so artist Keith will have some shit to learn, but, uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, man, that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Shall we, shall we wrap this up? How long we've been going? Um, well, according to this 37 minutes, which is a pretty short episode because I think we were talking basketball for at least 10. We were, you know, something we haven't talked about a lot is we always kind of keep our focus in the present, you know? Yeah. I'm doing the Kadoja Kickstarter for volume three. You're on second shift number 11 or number 10, depending on where you are. Yeah. So, like, where do you think you're going for the next few issues? You know, like, second shift 12, 13, 14, 15, they have to be in your brain. What's in your brain? Yeah, so, uh, luckily, my writer is able to write ahead because I'm so slow compared to how fast he writes. And so we, we laid the blueprint out for the first 25 to 30 issues. So we already know what's going to happen next. Um, he already has the scripts written for 12 and 13. So before I did the Drawtober event, those were 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like the first, the first ultimate edition of the second shift, issues 1 through 10, um, it ends on a, a two-part story, and then eleven, twelve would pick up on another two-part story, and so um, we have those written already. Those are ready to roll, and there's a couple of kind of like filler issues in a way. They're they're not filler issues, but they are like they're introducing a few characters that are going to take place in a larger story in issues uh, fifteen through twenty. Mm. So they're filler in the sense that. What's going to happen in those issues is mostly introduction. It's like you're getting to know those characters because they're going to play a larger role um, in the next five issues. I don't think filler's the right word. Okay. I think I think set up well, set up no, issues. No, no. Set, not set up either. I think I would go back to the. Um, it depends. Like like either Buffy the Vampire Slayer or X Files term of like the Monster of the Week episode, which I think goes further back. There was something called the Freak of the Week episode way back in the day. Uh, like yeah, Smallville. Really, that yeah. was Smallville. Yeah, so I, I feel like those are more like Monster of the Week episodes, maybe, where you're doing yeah. standalones. And you had mentioned in a previous podcast how you really got into a run there where you wanted nice standalone things. Yeah. But to your point, it sounds like the standalone things are going to... They're going to stand alone, but not really. And then before yeah. you know it, you're going to have a nice arc there, 15 through 20. That's a lot of... Yeah, there's a few shows out there that are like that. It's like you could kind of follow any episode, but there's a larger story going on. So there's undercurrents. There's little bits that happen in these issues that carry over. You know, it's just like the introduction of characters. It's like, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, that guy seems cool. But then when you read the five-part, six-part story arc... You're like, oh, this guy had, uh, you know, there was something bigger planned, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, or at least they're going to be in the makeup of the world. It's world build, world building is what those issues are. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, okay, 
oh, okay, so it's just kind of rounding the world out in those. And then so I think we're going to have a five-part story. Um, so it, it might be 16 through 20 or 15 through 19. Mm -hmm. I think it's 15 through 19. And then uh, from there we have a couple of stories that are like more down-to-earth, um, you know, uh, more getting to know the character. I mean, the characters are very well represented and, and you get to know them throughout the issues. So that's not the thing, but we're going to do a couple of issues that are like just solely them, uh, you know, doing human shit. Yeah. So, so you get to like spend the day with them mm -hmm. and then we're going to get into a couple of other more complex story arcs later on. So, um, it, yeah, it's it, what we have laid out. It's definitely going to keep me busy for years to come. Gotcha. And uh, we're both pretty excited still about it. You know, every time I send Ed stuff, he seems pretty jazzed. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, in between those, I'm still doing issues of Wanderers. And uh, Ed is actually helping with those now. Um, he helped a lot with issue two. He wrote the script. And uh, or he, he laid the script out. And then I wrote all the dialogue. And, um, yeah, so that process has been fun. It's different than our second shift work. And, um, yeah, so that'll be coming after Second Shift 10. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, for Kadoja, I don't, I don't think a lot about it, but I, I generally know what's going to happen in Volume 4. Mm -hmm. And unlike Second Shift, that's it. You know, like... Yeah, it's look, finite. If, right. if someone, if someone, first of all, Kadoja has to be, you know, get knowledge, get, get acknowledged in the world. Right? Yeah. But... But on the, you know, if, if it does, then there's always more stories to tell in Kidoja. Right. Volume four is the culmination of this whole mega arc. All the arcs I like to think sort of work together. At no point in any of the Marvel Universe over the past five years did you think you were at the end end until you got to Infinity, whatever they were called, parts one and two. Yeah. Um, again, I, I just go back to what they were called in the comics. But, uh... So yeah, man, volume four, I mean, it, same thing, like I'm excited, but I'm excited because it's ending. I'm excited because I get to close some shit off mm. and have it just be like, no, 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 this is the story. Yeah. And, uh, or at least this is this story. And, um, and then who knows, you know, there, there, are, there are plenty of ideas to go on after that. And I was actually describing <clears throat> the main swing of the fourth arc to one of my kids uh, a week or two ago. And she was like, whoa, that's cool. It's very, it's very giant monster. Yeah. Right. But it's also different. And okay. so again, I'm, you know, one, one of the hardest things to do in writing, I think, kaiju stuff is to try to figure out how to make the action different, mm -hmm. you know, how to do something different than monsters beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Because that's really what it is. It's just figuring out the nuances within that that make it interesting. Right. And, yeah. um, and so anyway, I'm, I'm excited for the direction that the fourth arc is going to be. It's going to allow me to, you know, close up plots Mm -hmm. and uh, do all kinds of stuff and you know that, again I, I've thought about it but I haven't sat down to think about it you know in, right. in close quarters that much that'll happen um, and I know the general flows of it but uh, there'll be a time soon when it's time to sit down and really hack out the, the details of it yeah that's that stuff's all fascinating um, and I've talked to Ed about it, it just just in passing really because we've always talked about second shift just being a forever story An ongoing yeah you sure. just keep going, you know, like there's not an ending in sight necessarily, but I can see going to, to 50 and just being like, okay, well, let's just do some other shit. You know what I mean? Or like, I'll be old as fuck by then. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, old. I'm old as fuck now. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's just like, gosh, how long did it take me to get to 11? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, I can see us, honestly, I can, once we have what we laid out, once we have that finished, I can see us taking a break, potentially, and trying to pursue some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, like, I'm getting faster, so I'm actually pre- able to pursue small things here and there in between issues. And so that kind of helps as well. It's just like, hey, let me just get this idea out real quick. I could do a six-pager. I can do a 10-page a story, you know. Um, and, and I've talked to Ed about it in the past. Like, hey, man, let's get some more of your characters involved in these books. Like, like we have room in the second ship to throw some of your villains in there for sure. If you've got a hero that you really believe in, I'm down to put him in the story, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, that's something that we can explore once we get past this, this major story arc. Um, yeah, so we, we, you know, we're, we're cooking up some stuff and it's really fun, but I could see taking a break after a while, but the, when we take a break, it's not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, this is the end of this story and you'll be satisfied with the end of that story, but there can be future stories told, you know? And, and so, so I like that. I always like that element. I I mean, Rory was the one who put it in my head way back in the day. Where he was just like, do you do you see Kadoja having an end? And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I actually sort of do, you know. And then we we talked about it from there. And like ever since then, even though you know Rory's moved on to other stuff, it's just kind of been in the back of my head that Kadoja is meant to be a story that has an end. Yeah, you know, and and I like that more. And and, so, and some of those are the greatest stories, you know, that have the end. Yeah, you know, just like oh, okay, fucking yeah. a, this is it's this contained thing, and and that's all it is. Yeah, like you know, yeah. Watchmen is. It's these 12 issues, and that's what it is, until DC never gives the property back, and then they start creating other stories. So, but well, you can... Reason number 800 why Alan Moore hates DC. Right, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, they screwed him over so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but it if you have this one self-contained story, like you were saying, there's other Kadosha stories that can be told, but for you... Hey, this this is it, and and then if it takes off, and like, hey, I feel like dipping back into that pool later on, you know, exactly. it can it can happen. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it stands on its own, and and maybe I'll want to come back to that universe someday. Yeah. But today's not that someday, and and that's okay. Yeah. You know? So so yeah, man. No, I'm 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 stoked for it, and again, I, there's there's something to be said for wanting to have a grand ending, you know, and uh, and doing something that's a pretty substantial ending. And, yeah. Uh, and again, I think. I think the end of volume three will set in motion what the grand ending in volume four is. You know? mm, okay. So uh, again, I, I, I'm excited about the end of volume three and I'm excited about what that's going to mean for volume four. Okay. So anyway, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. All right, man, we should, we should, we should call it a day. Yeah. 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 All right. We got, we got a burrito to eat. So yeah, absolutely. Hungry. Yeah. All right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, before we take off here, both of our Kickstarters are live right now. So if you go to kickstarter.com and search, Second shift, Drawtober, that's 2ND, shift, Drawtober. You can find my Kickstarter up for two more days. Um, It's ending March 1st, I think at noon. So if you're listening to this before noon and have not backed the project, please do so while you can. And uh, Keith, uh, you got one going too, yeah? Yeah, man, Kadoja Volume 3. So uh, it's going to be up. I mean, it, it just went up. I encourage you to, to check it out, and, and if it's your thing, get a copy. It's going to be cranking for a little while, but uh, the sooner you act, the better. Again, we're having some tears that pop up and disappear, so if you see something you like, uh, go ahead and grab it. But yeah, man, yeah. Kenoja Volume 3, and if 
if you're thinking to yourself, wow, I, I, this sounds interesting, but I don't have volume one and volume two, I have a tier for that. Yep. So you can, you can get all caught up to date on the story and then go from there, man. Yep, same, same. And mine is a one-shot comic. You can read that and be satisfied. But if you do want to catch up on the entire story, there's also a tier for that. There's a second shift bundle. It, it contains issues uh, one through nine. And uh, then you get also the current issue, which is 11, and then the Drawtober edition. Uh, if there are any questions that you guys have for us, you can contact us at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com and give us some questions. What are you, what, what are you thinking? What, what have we not talked about that you want to know? Uh, let us know there, and we'll get back to you guys on the air. Yeah, man. Social media. Yeah. Social media. Let's see. I'm Keith underscore decibel at, uh, on Instagram, and also <laughs> Kadoja Kaiju on Instagram. Yes, it took me a second to figure that out. This, beer. Uh, the beer. The beer be hitting. So how about you, man? I should have took the lead. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Scott Lost. S-E-O-T-T-L-O-S-T on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. Yeah, and then in terms of websites, KeithRFoster.com. Boom. Uh, for me, AccidentalAliens.com. Look for Second Shift or Wanders of Melisanda. Uh, again, those tiers are available on the Kickstarter if you want those books. Yeah, yeah. Until next week, man. All right. See you guys then. Yeah, yeah. started recording now so recording we're in we're in the same motherfucking place now son yeah so i just cracked open this brew yard beer company yeah uh the oop. ring is about to get thrown into mount Doom, yeah bitch. we did it uh, we did oops. it i'm down here with your beer and i'm cracking open a citra bang oh. brew yard because i brought that one down myself too i kept that shit on ice blocks so that it could be ready yeah it's right? nice and chilly yeah man yeah, man. Go ahead, man. So uh, I just cracked open the Ube Wan. It's a Ube IP, IPA. Hello. And uh, 6% alcohol, 16 fluid ounces. I'm pretty excited. All right. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, fool. Goodbye, Frost. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I like that Ube aftertaste. It's smooth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if the other one you had, um, it, it, it foams purple. Right? It's, it's got mm. a dope... Yeah, man. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, foam's purple. Okay. Which is pretty badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this Citrabank's pretty good, too. This is a double dry hopped hazy. And, you know, from what I can tell, I'm not going to pour it into a glass, but uh, this doesn't feel as hazy as some hazy IPAs. I saw that glass. Yeah. I saw that glass. That was dope. So my friend Alicia, she has this company where she... Uh, she has a small business where she makes like custom glasses. When it was uh, the holiday, she would make ornaments. Okay, so this ube pours out purple. Yeah. I'm pouring it into my uh, stemless wine glass. There's something about smaller glass. I actually bought a, a, a tall beer beer glass from her as well.
But there's something about a small glass that I like. Oh yeah, that's a dude. That's a big glass. I mean, yeah. you just poured most of a sixteen ounce, and there's plenty the, of the entire in there. sixteen ounces. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's got it's Kobe. Yeah. So if the purple is even more fitting. Mm -hmm. Did they make a Ben Simmons one? She can. She probably can. I'll have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, hit her. I'll link, hit her. Link me. Link me. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, there's. I, I feel like celebrating the Sixers' loss today. Our second loss on our goddamn road trip. Oh, who'd you guys play? Uh, we just lost to Phoenix in the afternoon. Oh okay. Well, but yeah, I, mean, it's, I don't know, man. These these road trips can get kind of tough, and I'm not I'm not sure Embiid played. Was it a back to back? Uh, it, it wasn't a back to back, but it was a Saturday after a Saturday noon off a Thursday evening. Yeah, Saturday after afternoon games. Sort of it's got that half back to back feel to it, you know. Yeah, afternoon games are always a bit weird. Um, and this one's you, I think. Uh, is yeah, it? you're. Yeah, you're, you say you're doing back to backs. Because remember, oh, we got we got out of order. Now, now I got to look at the box score here. So we we did it. Um, you, it I, I imagine that one's not as smooth as the other one. No one beat played and dropped thirty five. We still lost anyway. Oh, oh, great it happens. Good. Well, the NBA is super weird right now. I don't know if you know, noticed how many people are getting like forty point games that wouldn't even you wouldn't even think would get a forty point game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nuts. Well, actually, this is what I wanted to talk about, and luckily this is going at the end of the podcast, so you know it's basketball time for everybody. I know, I know everybody loves it, but. Um, <laughs> When I, was oh, yeah, in, uh, when I was in Florida, uh, visiting my parents over the summer, this was in August, and the NBA playoffs were about to start. And my dad, like, watches sports, but he doesn't watch a lot of basketball. Yeah. Is it primarily baseball? He loves, he loves football, actually. He watches a ton of football, and he watches a ton of golf. Um, I do like watching me some golf sometimes, because I, I used to play competitively. Yeah. But in general, I have to... It, I only get up for, like, the majors. Give me, like, the Masters, the British, the U.S. Open. I, get, I love watching those. Okay. But um, anyway, so... And he hasn't watched a lot of NBA, and he was saying that, like, it just feels like a bunch of dudes standing around shooting threes, right? And, and as an outsider perspective, I thought that was pretty interesting. And so it's just stuck in the back of my head. I'm like, yeah, you know, Dad, you're pretty much right. I mean, because, again, he hasn't watched a lot of it. So to him, someone driving the lane in a one-on-one -on -one only to kick it out to a wide-open three-point shooter is bizarre to him, yeah. right? And so he commented on that, and then I saw this article on The Ringer recently which talked about how the NBA is becoming just a make-or-miss league. And really, the only stat that matters anymore is what did your team shoot from three? Yeah. And, um, and watching the Sixers play Portland the other night, it was like that. Yeah. You know, like, like the, the Sixers... And, and you almost have to watch a game to understand it mm -hmm. because the box score won't tell you anything. The Sixers shot 22% from three and lost to Portland, who shot 44% from three. Yeah. The Sixers lost by four. They missed wow. a lot of wide open threes, a lot. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, and maybe, that's not maybe bad seven. though. That that shooting percentage difference, like for them to only lose by fours, exactly. So they, pretty good. They were playing really well. Yeah. Um, and you know, there there were some things that made the highlights, but it is it is kind of weird, and it, and it does you know like I love watching the NBA as much as ever, but it is weird that in many aspects it's become kind of a stand around shooting three point contest in a lot of ways yeah. too. You know the fact that the Sixers lost today and Embiid scored thirty five, that does that never happened six years ago. If you had a player right. that scored thirty five, you won. So you know? the question is, did Devin Booker score thirty? Oh, that's a great question. So if the other team's best player also scores in that range, then they cancel each other out. Sure, sure. And then it goes to the box score, which is the shooting percentage of the three. Yeah. So, yeah. but if you do watch thirty six. Yeah. Yeah. So they cancel each other out. Wet like a book. Yeah, yeah. he's he's good, man. He's 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 freaking good. Um, 
Isn't it crazy that him, D'Angelo Russell, and Cat were all drafted the same class, and Book is the one doing the best, and Cat uh, and D'Lo were chosen one and two. Where was Book? Thirteen. Oh, okay, okay. Or maybe nine. I don't know. Suns had a... Those it wasn't the spots have let like I mean Kawhi was around there, Giannis was around Kobe. there, Dirk, Kobe. Yep. Man, you just have like all time. Nash was thirteen one year. If I, I think so. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy to see um, some of these guys. I happen to think that that this year's draft will end up shaking out like that. You yeah. Know, you look at the. I mean, again, I, I I like Wiseman though. I like Wiseman. I think you know who doesn't? Draymond. Really? Draymond cusses his ass out all. the Oh time. no, because that's his rookie. I know. It no, but he no, he's he It's oh. one of the great it's one of my favorite things about watching Golden State, man. Draymond just lets him have it. Yeah. You know? and, no, he, I, and he might Wiseman, you know, like Wiseman's seems to be taking it, but not everybody's built to take not everyone, the, no. the Draymond assault, you know. But there's but it's also it's just how Draymond is and it, it's love. It's tough love. Oh totally. And he said that as much in an interview. Yeah, and he talks to him like you like cause they'll have him mic'd up sometimes and it'll be like this is all you. If you get this, no one's going to stop you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's your vet trying to put you in the right places. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would I would love slash hate. I would love hate playing with Me Dre. too. You know I'm I mean? get the best out of me. I guarantee it. Yeah. He, he's the kind of dude where he's gonna get the best out of you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure. Like sometimes I think that I'm a positive reinforcement person, but sometimes I do like the negative. Mm-hmm. It's like you fucking blew it, dude. You all you need to do is this, and just like fuck, fuck. I that's all I needed to do, yeah. and so I'm harder on myself, and then I'll try it the next time. Yeah. But um, I do like it. I gotta have both. I have to have the sweet and the sour. You gotta, you gotta tell me what I'm doing good before you tear me down. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I personally, I like both. I, I respond to both, and I think on some level, when I get to a point where I feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And the confidence is just there. Yeah. Then now I don't even care if you tell me what you liked anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, just, yeah. just I, I'm I'm only here for what needs to be worked on because I'm I'm good Yeah, now. exactly. You, know? you got to a level. I got to a level. And then you're like, okay, I don't need the positive reinforcement anymore because I'm I already know that I'm this percentage good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Not that I, I can't get better. I mean it's like it, it's it's and, and if anything, you know, the argument would be I know I can get better, so now I just want you to tell me the ways I can get better. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, but when it comes to, like, specifically sports, I know when I play, like, basketball leagues and stuff, I am the, I'm a positive reinforcer all the way, but I also, there's, like, a little bit there, like, I know, I know when I was playing in the league with one dude, and and he was the kind of guy that, like, he was the worst guy in the league maybe three years before, Yeah, and then made himself serviceable, and so, you know, when you're on my team, man, you get treated the same whether you're the superstar or the serviceable guy or even the worst guy. But, I mean, he could play. Yeah. He just, you know, he just needed a little bit more stuff. So, you know, it would be like, you know, my man, they're going to leave you open today. Yeah. What you need to do is shoot it. You know, yeah. I, I don't care if you miss. Nobody here cares with you if you miss. Right. What we care about is that you shoot that. You know, you're yeah. going to make your share. Just shoot the damn thing. You know, like I, I will the defense say that, will respect uh, you once you start shooting. And trust me, you're going to make a few, and then they're really going to get up on you, and that's going to make everything better for everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's going to space, space, basketball. yeah, space the yeah. floor and everything. Yeah, I will say that, like I've had, I, I have had days where my shooting was really on, but there would be like a point guard, like because you know when I was playing with uh, my nephew and all those people in that 
you know, uh, that church. It I wasn't. A, it league. wasn't a church league, yeah, but uh, not a church league. Yeah. It was a church that had an open basketball court, which was pretty rad. Which also seems to be like eighty percent of the open basketball courts in the world are in some back room of an enormous church. Yeah, you know, like so the same guys would play all the time, and so they knew who was good at doing what. And then so sometimes if the guy wasn't there for a while and they just remembered last time I was there, I wasn't shooting well, they'd be hesitant to pass it to me. And then eventually when the ball would get to me, I would have this reluctance inside of me because I saw the look on their face when they saw me open. And it wouldn't make me feel good. And then it would affect my shot. But I'll play with other guys that played on team sports and they, they just know. They're like, you're the open man, so you get the ball. No matter No matter who it is. The open man gets the ball and they take the shot. Yep. And so when I get those passes, those are the buckets that go in. Mm-hmm. Because it's like there was confident. You gave it to me confidently. So the confidence is inside the energy of that ball. Yep. You give that ball to me, that energy is going to go through the hoop. If you throw it to me reluctantly, it might not go down. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I remember I remember telling you at least once when we were on the same team running that that shit. I was yep. just like, dude, you shoot that. you know. Yeah. And, I, and I, I can't remember if I told you or if I told other people, but I, I tend to be the kind that tells you I'm coming out to the perimeter and I am setting you a screen. Yeah. If, if, if I am giving you like three feet, you need to take that opening and you need to shoot that. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause well, f- fun fact, I'm, I'm not a good screen and roller. I'm a good screener. Mm, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't roll as well. Me, I find that I don't either. I, mean, I, I kind of get I stuck there fundamental because I you know, because because so. I don't do the brush contact. I do full. I let them run into the brick wall. Totally, totally. Yeah, because I'm a lot sturdier than most. Exactly. So when they hit me, they kind of bounce off and are like, "Oh crap!" So well, you're you're the kind of dude that injures me when I play. Right? <laughs> yeah, because I'm just I'm just a tall guy. Yeah, and I, I'm stocky and and, and oh, man. I strong. Had, I had so a football player one time lay a pick that caught me sideways. I had an internal chest bruise for three months. <laughs> Yeah, so I just didn't enjoy breathing. So the 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 contact keeps me from rolling, you know. So I'm good at screening. So I'll give guys super good screens so they can get an open bucket or turn the corner and and, and go to the hoop. Exactly. So um, yeah. Anyway, and it, no, I, I agree because in a weird way, where that works against me is when I play with like those really savvy pickup players. Because the top, you know, most players who are good and who are savvy, they appreciate the screen. Yeah. And they're either going to shoot or drive, which is yeah. what I want. When I get this really savvy guys, they then cuss me out because they're you like, were supposed you're, to roll. You're not, well, you're not doing enough. You know uh, what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you know, I want you to do more, which is fine, which gets us right back to the dream. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, all right, let's uh, let's do this. All let's right, let's do this. Uh, shall we? Yeah. Let's go. All right. Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different 